Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, June 15, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We had the big thing on the docket, which was, in fact, Kabuki Theater. This afternoon, the Fed came out with their interest rate announcement. The market did its thing, didn't necessarily get very far from where it was from early this morning, but nevertheless, they did not collapse the tape after the Fed. That's at least a positive sign for now. Can they do it tomorrow? You wake up tomorrow morning and everybody realizes, hey, wait a minute, all the stuff the Fed said is actually negative stuff because why? Because the market is now down. That is very possible But there's another side to the equation. Let's discuss it. And in doing so, we're going to have a discussion on both sides of the tape. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. So first off, when you look at the daily chart, and forget about this line, it doesn't really impact what we're talking about now. When you look at the daily chart, there's nothing that says they can't be making one of those bearish patterns down here near the lows maybe go a little bit higher. Whether they reach this gap or not remains a mystery. However, they could certainly fall out of this type of pattern. If they do and they get below this low here, which is 370.59, that's yesterday's low, it opens the door or reopens the door for lower stuff such as our 365. There's stuff in between current price and 365 Inside the number, members will certainly have those numbers. They had them today, they'll have them tomorrow. However, let's look at the other side for a moment. The rubber band is certainly stretched to the downside. So therefore, A, the market is looking for an excuse, and B, it won't take too much of an excuse to jam the tape up a little bit more in what we like to call a squeeze operation or a conveyor belt of pies in the face for the shorts. Let's just look at the landscape. There's a ton of shorts in the market, rightfully so. There's a lot of negative stuff going on. However, we're going to have a rip-your-face-off rally at some point in time. Maybe it ensues after options expiration. Remember, this is quadruple witching options expiration. Expect some weird stuff to take place, which includes both directions on the tape. Taking a look at the hourly chart, let's drill down a little bit and point a few important things out. First, they filled the gap and went to the downside prize today. We'll get to that in a few moments when we review inside the numbers. In hitting a prize, whether it's on the upside or the downside, we do expect a reaction in the other direction. We got that. Here's a sidebar, and we're just going to review something from Scott, who is an Inside the Number member. The last name is grayed out or blurred out to protect the innocent and the guilty. It's very simple. Nice call on the 372.45 bottom. Used SPXL and TQQQ. These are leveraged exchange-traded products that take advantage of the upside of the market. He took advantage of the rocket ride up to 380 for a nice $4,000 win in 10 minutes. How you doing? 
That was the sidebar. We'll get to more of inside the numbers in a few moments. What I want to point out on the hourly chart is the reversal candle on volume. Now, consider the fact that since we had Kabuki Theater during this candle, or the candle is a result of Kabuki Theater, either way you want to look at it, we have to realize that some of the volume is there, and the majority of the volume is there as a result of the Kabuki Theater whipsaw-type behavior. However, just looking at the chart from a purely charting perspective, taking Kabuki out of the equation for the purposes of this conversation, we have a reversal candle on volume. If it holds, there should be more upside in the market. Period. Full stop. What do I mean by if it holds? If it holds on hourly closes. Now the problem with that is it's a huge candle. The low is 372.12 below today's prize, which was just above it from a downside objective. But that was today's prize. It's not tomorrow's prize. If they start getting below 375, put that on a sticky note. That's an important spot. It's not going to look very good. However, it is a reversal candle, and we're just going by the construction of the chart. We take our bias out of the equation, and we just say, this is a reversal on volume. There should be more in the tank. They could play some games early in the morning. We're in an anything-goes type of environment. I think we all know that by now. Let's say, just for argument's sake, let's say they do rally them, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's Friday, we don't know, but let's say they do rally them. Where is that number on the upside that would be both magnetic, overhead resistance, and likely reject price, at least on the first hit? Now, from a short-term perspective, there's more intraday numbers. What I'm going to give you is a big-time number. Now, you'll certainly get a reaction at the gap, which is at 389.80, right underneath the big fat round number of 390, but 393 and a quarter is more of a big-time number. Put that one on a sticky note. Just above that, you have about 395, which is also another important spot. I would put that on the same sticky note. Let's review inside the numbers, see what happened today, see what the layout was, Let's see if I was right throughout the day, not only with the numbers, but the schematic, the setup on the charts. I'm going to point out a few important things. What I urge you to do is pause the video, read the notes, and go back to the charts to double-check the work. It's hump day and kabuki theater day. We're waking up a little green. The real fun begins in the afternoon session where the markets can go wild in both ways. They didn't go uber wild, but they went a little bit wild. Either way, we've got to get prepared for the morning rush hour, so let's start with 375. It's still important and going to be an early pivot. What's a pivot mean for those of you who don't know? A pivot is the center point, this is my version of the pivot, a center point where the market centers around a number, it's bearish below, it's bullish above. Now, they can stay there for a while, and they generally do. They come back to retest it. But what we do know and need to know is that the bulls are in control above, and the bears are in control below. Once Kabuki Theater starts, all bets are off with whatever numbers are on the board until you get to some of the numbers that are distant from current price, where we're looking for either resistance 
or support. We'll get to that later. So we've got the early numbers on the board, but in the early session, they stayed above 375, so we don't have to worry about the lower ones yet. They'll come up again when we start getting closer to Kabuki Theater. So if we see another attempt at a DCB or dead cat bounce, first they'll make a run for 376.85, and then they'll be headed to the zone of 377.20 to 377.70, which you should be familiar with from yesterday. Now we'll get to more in a few moments, but let's get our faculties first. Right of the vertical is today's activity. Over here on the left is the morning activity. 376.85, so what happened is, as we got closer to the opening bell, they had a rally, they grinded up, they opened above an important spot, and then did what? Came right back to run a test of what was resistance, but once price is above it, it becomes what? You got it. It becomes support. So there's your 377.70. And now, let's scroll up to closer to and after the opening bell so we can get a faculty on what other numbers were on the board. 850. How about the next lead higher would bring them close, if not over, 380. Now we're back on the chart. They didn't get there right away in the morning. You see they came up short. Close to, if not to, 380. The high was 379.50. In the type of volatile market we have, that's okay. It's a stone's throw away. It's not that close, but it's close. It came back to what? 376.85. Pretty important number down there. And then, check this out. Right here around Kabuki, they make a high of 379.98. We're not just picking these numbers out of a hat. They have what's called significance. Let's continue on. See what else we have. Expect back-and-forth type of behavior. This is the setup in the pre-market. Rallies will be sold, and they were. Drops will be bought, and they were. Remember, we're waiting on Kabuki. 921, here's the look. They're in a resistance zone. Trying to push higher is likely rather than dropping right at the open. That's more of an opinion at the time. However, at some point, they're also likely to run a test of the all-important 375. They did that, they just did it later on. Could take some time. See what I mean? Therefore, traders willing to short on the rips, like 379 zone, give or take, would be taking a reasonable risk. Back to the chart. There's your 379. They got to 379.50. At the time, I kept raising the price for my own short, but letting traders know that it was a trader's choice around 379 and above. Many took it, nice trade. Let's see what else we have. We have a nice trade on BABA. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. Here it is, I'm willing to take a small short at 379 up to 380. It's a scalp trade for starters. And then they made a high of 378.85 and a pullback. So therefore, I raised my own price. And at this time I said, I'll start a short at 379.50 to 380. And then it turned out 379.50 was absolutely the dead high in the morning session. Trader's choice up there. I just want a little higher, but it's trader's choice where you want to accept the short trade. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. Once the morning rush is over, you become less interested in the market as they get into a chop shop formation, quote unquote, waiting on the Fed. 
So let's fast forward a little bit and see what we have later on in the session. Remember, pause the video because you can put the numbers on the chart and see how the market reacted around those numbers. And we're moving along. Now here's where I start uncovering what's the likely scenario going forward. If we didn't have Kabuki this afternoon, we would be discussing the bullish stuff going on and the higher price targets. However, we do have the Fed announcement this afternoon, and there's nothing to do ahead of it, right? You don't want to take risk on, have the possible scenario that you're stuck in a position, the Fed comes out with an announcement, and then you get killed. You don't want that. Let's continue on. You see this chart here. So 121, how about a quick look at the chart? This is before the Fed announcement. You see two parallel lines. They were making a bullish pattern. It represents a bullish pattern. Fail after Kabuki, they come down to fill the gap and put the bulls on immediate defense where they either rescue the tape, write this stuff down because we're going to review the actual tape in a moment. And if they didn't rescue the tape, they go to yesterday's low or the bullish pattern takes hold. They rally him after Kabuki and jam the price into 380 to 381.81 zone. Or how about they do both? Let's keep going for a moment. A few minutes to post time. And then after Kabuki, they hit 375. Funny how all this works. Let them do their thing for a few minutes. 207. 373, give or take, is on deck as long as they're below 375. 372.45 is the prize on the downside. Below that is real trouble for the Bulls. The translation for that is they're going to have to play defense down there. And there it is. Back to the chart. 372.45 minus a few pennies was the low of day. That was the prize on the downside and low of day. And also, let's not forget to mention the opening act of Scott's trade from all the way down there. The other side was the former high 381.81. That was overhead resistance. They spiked it in the frenzy and then closed below it. Still not a bearish close. They just didn't close above it. And that takes us into the end of the day. We had Kabuki. We had some traders make some good coin today. Let's review stocks on the move. We had three out of the four hit their price objectives. A couple of them did it after Kabuki, so it doesn't really count. We'll look at PSX, NetEase, and BABA. First, we'll look at Phillips 66. So you can see a zone right of the vertical is today's activity. They came close in the morning, and then they did the thing when the market whipped around during Kabuki Theater. So it doesn't really count. Most traders are probably not taking this trade at that time, but you can see... The numbers worked anyway. NetEase was a carbon copy, same scenario, into Kabuki Theater. They do the thing at the number, and then they have a rocket ride away from it. The numbers work. Baba did the thing early in the morning, right of the vertical, today's activity, opening print, 106.81. What's interesting about this one, and I thought I should make mention of this, they weren't even down at the open, so why am I looking at Baba? There were so few stocks down at the open, moving at the open, that I had to go search high, wide, and deep and pull a couple of tricks out of the hat. 104.85 was the destination for BABA. They bounced off of it. They gave you the minimum required base hit. 
and then some, came back for a retest, came up a little short of the retest around Kabuki, went back up again. That's your important number, 104, 85, 105 area. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Same routine as all the other markets. It's all the same tape. We know that. So they're getting a little bit of a bounce away from the lows on Kabuki Theater. Same routine, but it's the same thing on the chart. Until they can eclipse and close above the high here, 174.96, call it 175 for argument's sake, then there's nothing doing. Then they were just running a test. How about the Q people? Now, we just got finished describing on the IWM the area they have to get above in order to push higher. Well, they did that in the Qs today. This high here from the same day we just talked about was 282.34. They closed above that number today. So that essentially opens the door to fill the gap here that they came up short of and some other stuff. So what's that number in the Qs corresponding to the one I gave you in the SPY? The more important number above that gap. 293.15, put that on a different sticky note than the SPY number. You don't want to mix them up. We're not saying the market can't, if they're in a squeeze operation, run higher than these numbers. What I am saying is, on the first hit at minimum, you're going to have some overhead resistance at these numbers. They're magnetic, they're important, they're overhead resistance, they're all of it. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Now, since they ran a test, for the most part, of this breakdown candle high, the next spot up north is the gap right here. It's pretty easy to see. 13,729, but what's also interesting and you have to understand is that closing above this gap was actually a positive for the transports. So they already ran a test of the next spot, but they still found their way to close above an important number. Let me give you another important number on the downside in the transports. 13,250. Start getting below 13,250 on hourly closes, candle closes, any closes, daily close, and it reopens the door to run another test down below 13,000 or lower. Put that on a separate sticky note. Financials, XLF, it's all the same market, not much doing here, different to explain, other than a slightly different position than some other markets. While it's all the same market, they don't all move in the same magnitude all the time, so here you have a situation where this is more of a creation of a bearish pattern going on until and unless they can get above this high here, 32.10, then they can make a run for the gap and more. Like a lot of different markets, almost all the markets, the financials are certainly susceptible to kabuki-type discussion. Interest rates and the like. These are the banks. The banks hang their hat on interest rates but also the flip side of higher interest rates, which are good for banks, is the fact that if they're too high, you're going to stifle the economy and the banks will collapse. That's essentially the pickle that the Fed finds itself in. They'll jawbone around it, but that's the reality. Smash Mouth, same routine as all the other markets. It's either a bearish pattern or they spike up to fill the gap here and potentially higher in what could be, could be, a squeeze operation, we don't have it yet, but it's on the table if they start pushing up a little bit more. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. 
that is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.